Come on. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. The strong, the powerful Larry Sprung has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Larry. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me. Larry is a CFP. He is the founder and wealth management advisor at Midland Financial, and I'm excited to have you back on. Larry, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure, George. Uh, be happy to. Thanks again for uh, having me on the show. Uh, personally speaking, you know, one of the uh, highlights is my uh, guess what rink Larry's at. As uh, many people who know me personally know, I am a huge hockey fan and we are a huge hockey family. Uh, so we, we've taken a little of a hiatus due to COVID, but uh, we will be uh, resuming Guess What Rink Larry's At, which is I film a video every week at a different rink, and uh, people across the country get to guess, and out of all the right guesses, we make a $100 donation to the winner's charity of choice. And on the business front, we are a wealth management firm, and currently we're helping everybody navigate the, uh, the COVID crisis. Uh, from a standpoint of how to manage their portfolios financially in this type of environment. I appreciate that. So it's April the 27th, just for, uh, just for level setting. How many, how, how many different ranks have you been at? Oh, that's a good question. I, I have not counted them up, but uh, I might have to after this. But I've been doing uh, every other week a new rank starting uh, in September of 2019. And uh, we've taken a hiatus for the last four or five due to what's going on out there, but uh, we will be resuming it soon. And uh, I have enough rinks to get us through at least 2020 at this point. So uh, quite a good number of rinks I've been at for sure. Nice. Well, perfect. And so as as you're talking to two clients, is is there something that's really been top of mind that people are, are most concerned with or... A, sort of a one, 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 one conversation that sort of dominates or is it all over the board? Uh, it's a bit all over the board, but you know, I've been in the industry for 20 plus years at this point, And many times these um, downturns are very similar in how they act. Uh, usually the circumstances are different and we, you know, really no different here. I do think that the one difference that we have in this environment that um, the conversations have been different than in the past is we've not only had this financial event, but we've also had this health event at the same time, which has caused people more stress than normal. You know, you normally have the financial stress of a downturn, but now people are in addition to the financial part of it are concerned about their and their family's health, which has exacerbated it a little bit as far as the level of anxiety. But uh, the approach from a financial standpoint must remain the same. And, and that's just succinctly, is it 
stay the course? Is it start buying Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everybody's different, but I think predominantly for those that have plans in place, it's a matter of looking at their plan, looking at where their assets are and seeing if they're you know on or off track. Uh, if they're on track, typically staying the course would be the uh, the best piece of advice. If they're off track, we have to think about, well, why are we off track with something not done appropriately from the beginning that we should relook at and, and recalibrate things? Um, so for the most part, we've had a lot of great conversations with people that even with the downturn, they're still on track, which is great. And we've been using it as an opportunity potentially to rebalance uh, add money to the accounts if they are in a position to do so. And if they're in a high tax bracket, look at opportunities to potentially uh, lock in some, uh, you know, some losses in order to offset gains going forward. Got it. So if you're in a high tax bracket, it's an opportunity to lock in some losses to offset gains. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we have, you know, clients uh, potentially in high tax brackets who've had huge gains that have built up in their portfolios over the last several years that have maybe uh, shied us away from selling some of those positions in order to uh, enact those uh, capital gains. So now that we've had some losses, it allows us to make some shifts to the portfolio that maybe we weren't able to look at a year or so ago because of the tax ramifications, when now we can you know, take a loss potentially to offset that gain and get them out of that position with virtually no tax consequences. Got it. So if just, for example, I bought XYZ company at $100 a share, it moved up to 1000 that would obviously be a big gain once I sold it. But sure. if I had uh, ABC stock and it's down right now, I could sell ABC to offset some of the gains of XYZ. Exactly. And the reality is our feeling is that you know if ABC is still a good company, uh, we could always wait 30 days and go back into it and still have the best of both worlds, lock in the loss and also still own the security. Got it. Got it. Perfect. I like it. Yeah. All right. So talk about talk about the stress and what the situation is different because there's obviously financial stress when nobody knows what's going on with the stock market or the economy, but then the actual health stress as well. Once, once, once people talk through this and, and, and go through the process of listen, what we're doing is is correct. We we own quality investments. the The plan is is a good one. Is it really just an exercise of they want that reinforcement? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think to uh, you know, in many respects, it's just a matter of people have a tendency to react to what's going on. Um, and the markets are the easiest thing to react to because they're in our face 24-7. And it's a matter of you know their concern level being raised because of the decline in the markets. And then you have to refocus them that, okay, well, we may be investing in the markets, but at the same time, what we're investing for is so you could hit your goals and objectives. And it's more important as far as are we on track or off track to reach those goals, then, you know, whether you're five or 10% or whatever the number is down at this point in time. Got it. 
So perspective is is such an important thing. And you, you mentioned that you've been at this for, for 20 plus years and you've seen good times and bad times. And I mean, perspective, essentially, it's a photographic term where we need to, to, to pull back our lens a little bit and, and not be so zeroed in on what's happening right now. Do, do you find that that because it's been such a long time since we've had uh, a, a, a major drop in the market, since we've had some kind of a horrible event like this, that people have forgotten or do they remember? Oh, I yeah. I mean, I think that that uh, rings true. I think that there is a level of I forgot what a downturn is or that even a downturn should ever happen. That's definitely coming into play. Uh, there's also this feeling like, is this exactly what happened last time or is it different? And then I think for our newer investors, you know, for our youngest investors that have entered the market in the last 5, 10, 15 years, there's almost this, oh, I've never even experienced anything like this. I just thought things go up forever. So I, I think, you know, I think what you're saying, it rings very true. We have to, you know, use that lens and put things in perspective. And, you know, the way I, I always put it to clients is if you walking down the street and you see a pebble and you pick it up and you put it an inch from your eye, uh, you know, it's basically going to look like you have a boulder in front of you that you can't get around. But at the same time, if you hold that same pebble and you put it out at its arm length and you put it in perspective of what it really is, it's not really a roadblock. It's something that's very easily uh, gone around. And this is the same thing, right? Uh, right now, the, the markets and the downturn are right in front of us, and it's looking like that boulder. And in three years, maybe two years, maybe even a year, we're going to be able to put that out in front of us, and it's going to look like that pebble does, and it's going to be something that we've successfully navigated and successfully gotten around. Why did I make a big deal out of that in the first place? It wasn't even it wasn't even that 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 important in hindsight. That's <laughs> exactly exactly. But in the moment, it's the most pressing thing and the most disastrous thing. And and I you know we get it. You know we have to play part uh, money psychologist, as you know, George. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think that's one hundred percent true. So I I've been having conversations and. Um, and I, I'm, I've been so sick of, of talking about emergency funds that I've taken calling it cash on hand. And I think that there's certainly a lot of people out there who are listening that are probably in a great financial situation and that this is not going to set them back too horribly. But then there's a lot of people who are not and they may find themselves in a position where they don't have enough cash on hand. What's 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 your take on that? Yeah, I think uh, I think an emergency fund is something that gets overlooked uh, in the planning process by many people. Uh, it's certainly not something that we overlook because we feel it's very important and vital to the financial health of individuals. You have to have an, an emergency fund, and depending upon you know, what your role is, whether you're self-employed, whether you're a W-2 employee that works for somebody else. You know, 
I, I think will dictate how big that emergency fund is and or should be. Um, somebody who has more certainty to their income can, you know, get away with a three, maybe four, five, six month emergency fund. Somebody who's self-employed, whose business could dry up very quickly, should have a much larger emergency fund. And, and I think you're right. I think if more of us had these emergency funds, a cash on hand set aside, when these events took place, it wouldn't be as financially concerning to us if if we had that on hand for us and that safety net. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's really important for people to, to sort of, to, to really embrace is to consider, okay, am I in a position where I have consistent income and the, the industry that I'm working in is theoretically speaking safe or am I an entrepreneur? And if I go without a month, then I'm in big trouble. So certainly appreciate it. Agreed. That. Yeah. So that's a, uh, the, 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 the really successful people that, that, that we're talking about is that is, is it easy for them to to be developing that emergency fund or is that something you say you know what client I, I, I see based on your cash flow and, and and everything else that you're at three months you really should be at six seven eight nine twelve months mm-hmm. uh, is that a difficult conversation for people to have? Does it result in having to cut lifestyle or make choices or is it just a matter of, oh, I never really thought about it that way? It, it all depends on the individual and the person you're working with. I think it's, you know, whether it's a hard conversation or not, it's a conversation that we have to have with our clients uh, because it's important. Um, you know, some people are very disciplined and they understand and will maintain that emergency fund. Others, we need to even go so far as to have them set up a separate bank account and we have them go in and title it as a nickname in their bank institution, emergency fund. And they really have to treat that emergency fund the same way they would treat their 401k, their vacation fund, whatever they're looking to save for and you know we talk to clients all the time about paying yourself first right pay yourself first it's very important that you do that following the richest man in babylon and and the you know underlying principles there so you know you pay yourself first with the 401k and you should also be paying yourself first with that emergency fund money should get directed uh there if you need to lighten your 401k contributions for a little while in order to successfully fund both, you know, if you can't do it any other way, then that might be a viable solution. But you have to figure out a way. Ironically, we always figure out how to come up with the funds for that vacation fund. Uh, It usually works out very well for that. The 401k and the emergency funds start uh, sometimes get overlooked, but we have to have that same consistency for all three uh, through the planning process. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that very much. And sometimes, sometimes the always the the best advice is is advice we probably already know, but maybe have just forgotten about. Like pay yourself first, and you the go. importance of having enough cash. So, in terms of in in, in terms of, of really understanding budget and cash flow, do you find some of those younger clients that you have um, that they operate off a of budget? 
It, again, that, it really depends. I think some of them are, you know, some people happen to be, you know, very good stewards of that budgeting, uh, using that budgeting methodology and others, not so much. I think with the advent of, you know, us moving towards a more cashless society, uh, although it's easier to track our spending than ever, I don't know that people are actually doing that. You know, I think that they're looking at their bank account, and as long as the debit card works, uh, then hey, they have the budget to spend. Um, but on the flip side, there are, and, and I think that this is not the um, not the rule. I think it's the exception. There are a good, you know, a fair amount of people that are, you know, have a spreadsheet and looking at that budgeting. Um, and I think that we have to encourage more people to utilize that technique rather than the fact of, you know, going to the store, swiping the debit card. Oh, it works. So I'm good. Or, you know, ringing up the credit card and worrying about it at the end of the month, because that's when people get into, you know, obviously get into trouble. That, that is the truth. Well, Larry, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? So I think the difference-making tip is to have a plan. What we've found, especially in the environment that we're in right now, is if you have a plan and you can easily take a look to see if you're on or off track, it eases a lot of the tensions of a declining market, a recession, an economic slowdown, a health event, whatever it may be. By having that plan in place and very easily going back and checking if you're on or off track, it could be a huge lifesaver to you and your ability to navigate these types of events. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And Larry, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Thanks, George. Again, thank you for having me. Uh, they can learn more by going to my website, which is mitlinfinancial.com, M-I-T-L-I-N, financial.com, or they could always give us a call at 844-4-MITLIN, M-I-T-L-I-N. And thanks again for having me, George. Yeah, thank you. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Larry your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to mitlinfinancial.com. And I'll list all that in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Larry. Awesome. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>